All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. All right, girls, we're back together at last. It's been a while. It's been an adventure. That it has. Welcome, everyone, to tell me something I didn't need to know. I'm Lynn Samuels. I'm Mary Swartz. I'm Hannah Green. And apparently that's all we have to say. <laughs> well, I was just looking at my coffee cup and realizing sadly that I am almost out of coffee. Go make yourself some coffee. I'll I live. Think I'll Lynn, live. And I, Lynn and I can handle it while you're gone. Nope, I'm good. I'll live. It's early. We don't she need rain in. trust us without her. It's early, though. We don't need rain in quite yet. <laughs> all right. Anything new, ladies, that we want to talk about? Other than this is the end of season two. This is our very last episode, season two. Season two. So the next episode that we put out for you guys is going to be a really cool anniversary episode. We've got some fun things in store. We're excited to share it with you. Kind of like we did last year. Go back through and talk about some of our favorite stories or our favorite episodes and why. And Have a few laughs. For me, um, yeah. For me, that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if you happen to have any favorite moments or episodes, uh, favorite word of the week or anything else, send us a little message and let us know what what you loved. And because uh, we like to hear that. Heck yeah. We love hearing from you guys. So yeah. thanks for being with us today. Thanks for sticking around. Two whole years. Two years. Two years. That's crazy. All right. Anything new on your end, Lynn? Nothing that I can think of. No. Um, dogs growing. The puppy's growing. Do, do we know I have a puppy? Yes. I can't remember. It's been a while. Oh, my puppy's getting bigger and uh, now bigger than my other dogs. And she did not get any chicken eggs. She didn't get any egg, chickens out of her eggs. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. None of them turned out to be fertile. There were no fertile eggs. So It happens when you get old, Lynn. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Actually, actually, I've been told it's, it could be because the chickens were very young. So I'm just giving you yeah. shit. So, All right. So, yeah, so no, uh, no, no little chickies running around, just an obnoxiously loud puppy who likes to get into everything. That's what they do. Yep. It what? is. They're like toddlers <clears throat> on steroids. So what are you drinking today, Lynn? I am uh, drinking La Croissant by St. Julian. Nice. Damn, nice. I'm drinking Michigan cherry coffee with white chocolate creamer in it. Ah. I am drinking jasmine tea. Apparently in Michigan, we're rather boring today. That's highly unusual. Well, you know, some days. I feel like we have a bottle of La Croissant around here. We do. We could whip it out. All right. My word is sard. Sard? Sard. S-A-R-D. Sard. Hmm. Can you use that in a sentence? Uh, yes. Uh, that sard made a very lovely necklace. Ooh, I wonder if it's a type of stone. Hmm, possibly. Possibly. I'm going to go with it's a type of stone. And, and that, that would be good. It's a uh, yellow or brownish variety of chalcedony. Oh, okay. All right. Chalcedony, I believe, is how you actually pronounce that, which is a type of translucent mineral. So it would be a very pretty. So 
So very cool. All right. Yeah. Interdigitate. That sounds sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Interdigitate. Interdigitate. I think it's to shake hands. Ooh. It is not inter versus intra is external. And digitate is to manipulate things with your hand, I think, if you digitate because you're digits. So that's why I'm going with that. It's a good guess. It really it, is. It, Very it, logical. It actually, it isn't specifically shaking hands, but it is to interlock your fingers or to clasp hands. So Aww. shaking hands would also technically, I think, count. I, good Ooh. job. Good job. Alrighty, you ready for the last word of the week we're ever gonna do right now? Yes. Octothorpe. 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 Okay, well spell I'm... that last part. I got the octo. Thorpe. Spell that. The whole thing is O C T O T H O R P E. Well, wasn't Thorpe some swimmer guy? Wasn't there a swimmer named Thorpe? No, that was Phelps. I think there was also a Thorpe. I'm sure at one time there was some man named Thorpe that swam. I would almost bet you <laughs> that is correct. No, no. What you ladies don't understand is that any man that has ever been born whose first or last name is Thorpe is actually allergic to the water. So uh, swimming's a challenge. That would make him special. Yeah. Octo Thorpe. Well, Octo is eight. It is eight. Eight what though? Thorpe. Eight men who can't go in the water <laughs> it's an eight-man rowing team Ooh, that is a good guess yeah thorpe gives me nothing i got nothing with the word thorpe. I actually can't. the octo is very deceptive too because it has nothing to do with eight. Oh no oh, wait 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 you know what else is octo isn't like ocular your eyes it has nothing Ooh, to do with octo <laughs> you have eight eyes it's an eight eight-eyed man who can't go in the water <laughs> it's one of those spiders that has eight eyes Ooh, eight yeah. legs and eight eyes no it is actually the real actual name for hashtag oh or your pound sign that's actually an octothorpe <clears throat> four interesting yeah hmm and here i was thinking it was the, that the real name for a hashtag was uh, a tic-tac-toe that's an octothorpe <laughs> all right Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yes. Drivers on Route 66 at Interstate 40 in New Mexico did some double takes because the Department of Transportation put up a sign. And of course, you know, if it has anything to do with the DOT and this podcast, there's something wrong with a sign. What did the sign say? It uh, misspelled the city's name. It left the, the R out. Oh. So they were going to Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah. So people called and emailed, obviously, to point out the mistake. And then they put up a new sign and said, oh, it's a simple mistake. Like, who doesn't spell check how the city is spending the money before they put it up and you have to redo it? But wow. Now, what I learned with this story is Albuquerque used to actually have two R's in its name. And it's Albuquerque. Well, whatever. If you look at how it spells, it can't be Albuquerque, but that's whatever. Yes, it can. Never mind. Anyway, originally when the city originated, it had two R's in the name. It was actually Albuquerque. And then And then DOT made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, for whatever reason, the first R was dropped, just the one R, which apparently they still can't spell. <laughs> nice. 
So again, tax, taxpayer dollars hard at work in New Mexico. Well, I also have a tidbit that has to do with the highway. Ooh. Now this right. one, this one's in California. Because recently a trailer collided with a guardrail on a California highway and they spilled. Oh, I thought of you when I saw this article. I thought of us too. <laughs> spilled hundreds of pounds of freshly harvested grapes all over the highway. Nope. Yep. It was a, a flatbed trailer. Had containers of grapes. It was on US 101 North. It was near Petaluma. And uh, the trailer went over the guardrail and spilled its load all over the left two lanes. Oh. Now, thankfully, no one was injured. Um, they did have to shut the highway down to one lane on that side while they cleared all the grapes. And uh, it apparently took about three hours, but there were some residual delays. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a lot of potential wine wasted right there. Well, and I that don't know is. whether they were wine grapes or whether they were grapes meant oh, for a market, yeah. but... Good point. Yeah. Um, that was not the uh, truck uh, spillage that I thought of. Yeah, there's another truck spillage that we saw, too. Yeah? That I saw, anyway, because I yeah, do have it that. Was, uh, it was on the I-40 in Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I have another one. Apparently, a lot of trucks are, are, are yeah. falling apart. Because <clears throat> mine's in they California. Sex toys and lube. Oh! And you thought of me? <laughs> Do tell. Do tell, Lynn. Do tell? Yeah. Uh, truck, uh, it collided um, with another truck and overturned, and the contents scattered out, and uh, nobody was injured. And um, uh, yeah, it, it left a uh, load of, uh, <laughs> of lube. <laughs> And sex toys to be cleaned up. I want to know why this made you think of me. You already know. <laughs> don't make us go there on air. Because you don't have a husband. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's not our fault you don't have a husband. We have tried. Oh. We have. We have we tried. Have. I, I have to say, I feel like... Uh, our second season was a failure to the lack of getting Johanna a husband. Well, maybe season three will bring her two or more. <laughs> All right. And it'll be the bachelor ret on air. <laughs> That's fantastic. We could do our own version of the dating game. <laughs> no serial killers need apply. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. You have a story, Lynn? I have a story. Yay! You usually I have, have story. good stories. Well, uh, John Bumpus Calhoun. John Bumpus Calhoun was born 1917 in Tennessee with a love of nature. He spent a lot of time outside running around catching small animals like frogs, toads, and turtles. The ideal life. In junior high, he began to go to meetings for the Tennessee Ornithological Society. And if you don't know what that That's is, birds, that has, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's the study of birds. So he moved on from the frogs, toads, and turtles to birds too. And he spent his junior high and high school years banding and recording the habits of birds. He published his first article when he was only 15. Wow. Yep. Smart. He dude. went on to get a bachelor's degree and he began working at the Smithsonian <clears throat> Institute during his summer doing ornithological work. 
Wow. Yeah. So he continued on, finally getting a PhD in biology with his thesis. Let me switch it up here on the 24 hour rhythms of the Norway rat. That's an interesting subject. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. I think rats, I think it's the tail. I think it's what makes it icky for me. You don't think it's a little too beady eyes? The little, the little nose that never stops. I don't know. We had a pet rat in my family at one time. My son had one. So, and I've always liked rats. I think they're really, really clever. They can be well-trained and they're actually, I think they're fun and they're interesting. And the best thing was when we had our Roddy mix and he would lay on the floor and the rat would crawl on it and play with him. That was so cute. I had a roommate that had a rat once. My best friend in high school had two rats and yes, you're right, Lynn, they are very smart and they're interesting animals, but I, there's something about them that is creepy to me. I had a rat once. We're not talking about your ex-husband. I was I was exactly where I was going. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is my son got the rat after my ex-husband moved away from where we were living. So I thought he was replacing his father with a rat. So I found it. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. All right. So he went on and began teaching at the Emory University as well, as well as Ohio State University. And in 1946, he moved to Maryland and joined a group working on the rodent ecology project. A year later, he began a study that lasted 28 months. This uh, study, again, involved Norway rats. And this time, it was in a 10,000 square foot outdoor pen. Wow. That's huge. Bigger than my house. Uh, I think it's bigger than all three of our houses put together. Yeah, it would be. Yes. Holy cow. John just... Sorry, go ahead. I said, holy cow. It's a lot of yeah. room. Okay. It is a lot of room. Well, John okay. discovered that the population of the rats never exceeded 200 rats, even though based on the number of females and the time frame and the size of the pen, there could have been up to 5,000 rats. So they just never bred past. They controlled their, their Which, uh, population. Which to me is... <sighs> I would never think that rats could control their population, first of all. But that's one rat per 50 feet. I mean, that's a lot of room for... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot of room for rats. Yeah. So it maybe it's not based on the amount of space. Maybe it's just based on the amount of rats on the population itself, what a society can withhold. Because if you think about our problem with our populations as society, I think as societies increase, could it be that when you get a population that's too big, it tends to break down. And I was wondering if it had to do with, you know, the rats somehow know this is the amount of food that we've been given. So based on that, we couldn't support a society larger than 200 rats with because they no, have they no never, understanding that the food will come no matter you know what i mean well then they wouldn't how would they know whether it was 200 or 100 at 100 they would think the same thing yeah i don't and, know and, and i don't see rats thinking like that because now they're considering i mean you don't know how many rats mama's gonna have how many babies it's gonna mama's right. gonna have yeah. she gonna have two or yeah. she gonna have sex yeah but, i don't know it's just an interesting it, it is. And and he found it very interesting. He did know that the rats, they weren't just scattered all 
weren't one big group. They were actually organized into 12 or 13 different groups of about 12 rats each. And he found that every group of rats, 12 was the maximum number for a harmonious group. Wow. And if they got more than 12 rats in a group, it would actually begin to break down and there would begin to be problems in it. So it does have to do with the population of the groups. Well, that's interesting. That's crazy. So, and what he noticed is once there were too many rats, their behaviors would change and they would begin to act out. They would stop digging tunnels, which is something they did. They would actually roll dirt into balls and they would hiss and fight with each other. And as long as the group stayed small enough, they were totally fine. Wow. I would never have attributed those personalities to rats. Hmm. Yeah. He continued his study Norway rats until 1951. And then he began to study them again from 1958 to 1962 at his own farm where he built a research area for himself. Holy cow. He really was into that. Yes. He built a box for the rats. It was divided into four habitat areas. Each one measured 10 foot by 14 foot by nine foot. It had glass ceilings to observe the rats. Two of the habitats were connected to each other and two were just completely separate. Two had burrows for the rats. So during this time, he was working for the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. All right. On July 9th, 1968, he started with four pairs of white mice. They were placed in the night. So now we're on mice, not rats. Oh, sorry, rats. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. He switched to mice. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now that was, he did that until 1962. So that was 1958 to 1962 with the, with the rats. Okay. Okay. All right. So he moved on to mice. So then what he wanted to know is, all right, I've watched the rats. So I'm switching to mice now and seeing what happens with mice. So July 9th, 1968, he takes four pair of white mice. They're placed in a nine foot square climate controlled room. It was four and a half feet high and there were four mesh t- wire tunnels on each side for the rats to access food, water. You mean the mice? The mice. Mice, mice. I keep switching. I'm sorry. Boy, I'm going to, I probably should stop the line. So it doesn't right. sound like they have nearly as much room as the rats did no no this is much smaller i wonder what his thinking i mean honestly i wonder what his thinking with that was yeah i don't know okay i I really don't know maybe if i give him a smaller what's going to happen to the number of mice okay all right so they name this area universe 25 and the mice are given everything they need again to be content they have plenty of food they have lots of nesting material and they're left completely alone except for to be observed um, at the beginning, the population doubled every 55 days. Okay, so it starts out with eight, and in 55 days, he's at 16. And 55 days later, he's at 32. And yep. gotcha. Okay. Yep. So it reached, I don't know, I didn't check the math on this, but it reached 620 on day 315. 620? Yes. Mice. Holy cow. So now he's I... got 620 mice. But I honestly thought rats, rat or mice um, repopulated much faster than that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just that's okay. Then, after day six hundred and twenty, it began to drop, and it would only double every one hundred and forty-five days. So about three times as long to double. Okay. So the population was dropping now. 
Okay, so so after not after quite two years. So after three hundred and fifteen, it reached six hundred and twenty. Okay, that's so that's a little over a year. Yep. Okay. Um. So six hundred and twenty day three fifteen, and then it begins to drop that the the rate of doubling to one hundred and forty five days. The last birth to survive was on day six hundred, and that brought the population to two thousand two hundred mice. That's Holy a cow. lot of mice for that area. Yes, and so as you can see, the mice did not react the same way the rats. They didn't control their population quite as well. I would say they didn't control their population at all. But the space, based on what they know about mice and how much space a mouse needs in the wild to live, it was actually large enough that 4,000 mice would have could have lived there. Wow. So it wasn't even as high as it could have been at all, but it was the behaviors they found interesting. So day 315, that was the <clears throat> day the population began to slow down. Okay. They noticed that the behaviors changed dramatically. There was a complete breakdown in the social order of the mice. The mom and dad mice, they began moving from nesting box to nesting box, like constantly, frenetically, like, they normally didn't. They would find a spot, they'd make their little home, they'd have their babies, they'd raise their babies, they'd stay there. They stopped doing that. They began to just like get up randomly and leave. Wow. Sometimes leaving their babies behind, which was not normal at all. Yes. They also began to act out. They were very stressed. They were showing lots of stress and they actually began attacking their own children. The females stopped feeding their babies before they were weaned and would kick them out of the nest, like physically push them out of the nest, like get out. And the females became more aggressive and the dominant males became less dominant. Oh, yes, it was it was complete chaos. It was just complete chaos for some reason. Um, the um, dominant males would be attacked by the females and the other supposedly weaker males sometimes. Um, there were a lot of infighting, non-dominant males who normally would not fight with each other, let alone the dominant males were fighting. And there was also an increase in homosexual behaviors. Oh, oh that's interesting. That is weird. Yes, yes. yes. Um, after mm. day 600, the behaviors increased and the females stopped reproducing. Like I said, after day 600, there was not another baby born. It wasn't even, it slowed down. They just completely stopped reproducing at all the mice wow. stopped now my question would be are, were they still having sex and not reproducing because of some physical alteration no, no. or were they just the, completely no longer interested in each other no longer having sex they were not having sex at all the mice stopped interacting with each other at all they weren't mating or fighting after day 600 it was like there was a switch and all of a sudden they all ignored each other wow so the mice stopped interacting. They made no attempt to mate with each other. They didn't fight with each other. They all just completely went on their own. They were all solitary. They continued to so eat. So at this point in time, the sexual, the homosexual behavior has also stopped? Yep. Everything has stopped. Wow. They're eating. They're sleeping. They're grooming themselves. But they're all ignoring each other. That's so weird. It's so bizarre. It was. It was. It was very, very strange. And eventually the mice all died of old age. 
and they concluded that the rapid growth put too much pressure on the mice, that this, once a space was taken and all the social roles were filled, there was no no place for the new generations of mice. Um, they they were just like they didn't fit into this this new hierarchy, the place in society. And there was competition and stress, and it just led to a social breakdown as well as the demise of the colony. I would never... and because they were enclosed, unlike out in the wild, they can't just leave and go someplace else. They were confined yeah. to that area, and yep, they didn't have yep. any other options. And the interesting thing is Calhoun compared this to humans. And it has been cited by others as a warning about our world becoming overpopulated and impersonal with people beginning infighting and finding problems where there maybe shouldn't be problems. Hmm. Interesting. Right. I, yes. I mean, I wonder, and it's maybe it's in his work too, is like if they'd had a larger space like the rats had, 10,000 square feet, maybe it would have not broken down or maybe it would have taken longer to break down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's but, pretty weird. Um, but, but if you notice the rats didn't really have that problem. No, they, they so they took care of themselves. They really? kind of monitored themselves. Yeah. Yes. I think it's when you can't control yourself and you have too much population. So, but a book was written on this okay. and most people and even children know this book or the movie and its title is Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Oh, based on study. interesting. I huh. think loosely based. I was going to say. Yeah, I think loosely based, but it was, it was, it was somebody who read that and came up with the idea of it. So interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would not have thought that, like, rats had a hierarchy and could, could you know, like, police themselves. Well, I know certain populations do that with animals when, when but, yeah, that's... Scared, they control the population. There's less animals or, like, on islands, um, the animals will slowly become smaller because they eat less when they're smaller. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. But then why don't mice do the same thing? That's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. That's wow. really interesting. That is. That's super cool. Yeah, I wonder if they've done other studies. On it. <clears throat> I didn't look into that. But yeah, now that I'm like, that is. That's it raises a lot of interesting questions. Yep. Hmm. Wow. Very cool. Good story, Lynn. I like that. Thank you. Lots of, yeah, it does. It raises lots of questions. It does. And, you know, <clears throat> I acknowledge that rats are smart, although that makes it even more obvious just how smart the rats are. Smarter than people sometimes. But I still think they're icky. So, <laughs> so are some people. Well, I was the, just going to say that. Some people, <clears throat> some people are very icky, too. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's the really smart ones that are really icky. Uh, that's true. All right, ladies. Um, any final thoughts, girls? No. I have nothing. Before we sign off till next week? Well, it's our final one, so, you know, for this season, so. Yeah, so thank you. I feel you. like we should have left with a cliffhanger. Oh, so sure. I'll just, when I'm editing, I'll just edit out the last end of your story. 
and everybody will just wonder what happened to the mice. <laughs> I'll yeah. just stop it at the homosexual behavior. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. Well, thank you for being with us. Thanks for hanging around for two years. Hell yeah. We'll see you on season three. Bye, guys. Love Bye. you. We hear it. Tell me something I didn't need to know. Really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Hopefully you learned something unusual today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at tmsidntk at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at tmsidntk, which are the initials for the title. Suggestions, ideas, comments, corrections, send them our way. We take them all. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please. Feel free to follow the podcast, leave us a rating and review. That lets us know how we're doing and helps others to find us. This podcast is hosted by a couple of sisters who research, write, and edit their own stories. All other editing and production is done by Mary Swartz, and the original artwork was created by Hannah Green. Come on, guys. Let's harmonize. I've been tuned on the radio. Rudy, you did it. Well, hey, uh, oh, sure. I can't hold inside.